On this episode, we discuss Microsoft having a new file recovery tool, how iDevices may not come with a power adapter anymore, Canada is going to the moon, well, sort of, and we say goodbye to a famous cheese. Plus, because Chris asked for it, I've got some Batman-themed trivia. This and more in this week's show. I'm David S. Dawson from The Intellectual Podcast, a show that spotlights creatives from all walks of life, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredibly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Stephen, Chris, and SP. Welcome to an all-new episode of the OfficialGunnaGeek.com show. I am Stephen, has two weird keyboards beside me for some reason, John Drew. And with me, of course, is SP only has one keyboard in front of him. Yeah, I was thinking about using my Bluetooth keyboard for my phone, but I just haven't brought it over yet. So it's just the singular keyboard. I'm also pleased to say that he's here to continue to tell me why I am wrong. Uh, and he does it all the time. It is indeed Chris Farrell has a billion keyboards in front of him. You're just jealous that I got two keyboards right here in front of me so that I can counter your multiple keyboards. I'm very jealous of that. So mm-hmm. jealous that I will uh, go and cry in a corner. You want me to get a third one out? I got one sitting right over here, too. I just sure, have to if you'd like. Connect my, disconnect my screen from my Surface. Yeah, if you don't mind, if you could go ahead and just grab a few more. Actually, um, I got four because there's two Surfaces sitting here. So for the audio listener, I have a backdrop behind me. It's an illuminated backdrop, and on there is microphones. I would like to see Chris Farrell have a backdrop of all keyboards. That's that's what it should be. Will Will you finance my construction of said backdrop? Uh, I probably won't. However, um, mm, I'll, I'll, I'll send you I'll send you some gorilla glue or something like that, and you got to figure out how to glue it to your wall. Here you go. Here's another keyboard for you, Stephen. So that's three. Three, huh? I got. I, I do check. I don't want. I, I don't want another un- one. If I to get my fourth, I have to undock my soundboard, and then it's a pain to get there. the sound to go out properly. On I got it. another one. Do you guys ah, count the it. stream decks as a keyboard? Uh, sort. I mean, with macros, it sort of can be a keyboard. I think I'm out of keyboards. I think I'm out right now. So I could win, but I'm far too lazy to have to reconfigure everything to win, so we'll, well just call it a tie. I could get up. I could go to the garage. I've got a keyboard in there with the security system. Um, I guess... Do you want my laptop keyboard here? I'll just pull out the laptop and yeah. open it to the keyboard. Well, Does I mean, that count? I was going to say, my work laptop's behind me, too. I could grab that. I mean, if we're talking all the keyboards in the house, I think I got you guys beat. Uh, probably, but we, we could... We could just spend the show, walk away. Hey, guys, I found another one. And then we'll just go and continue on the whole that night. Is, <laughs> that's going to be riveting podcasting and video production right there. I riveting. Want, I want to see this backdrop, this Chris's backdrop. Steven's going to fund it. I will fund it if you're going to make it. I want to see it. <laughs> He's tempted. He's tempted. <sighs> my laziness is at war with my make everyone spend money to do something stupid thoughts. 
You know, the thing is, like, they could be so, so easy, like, affordably done um, because of the fact that, it, as long as you don't want to actually illuminate it or anything like that, uh, because of the fact that there are, there's always places that have, like, a surplus of keyboards. You could probably pick them up for, like, a couple bucks a pop. Go on eBay and get them for, like, three bucks a pop, <laughs> <Yeah>. probably. <laughs> so that has been Keyboard Talk with the Gunna Geek crew. It's the keyboard you started show. it. <laughs> I did. No, uh, by the way, the reason I actually introduced Chris Farrell is saying uh, you're wrong uh, or Steven. Tell, tell, he tells me that I'm wrong is because last week he corrected me many times and I didn't really I argue did? it. I didn't argue it except for except for the multiverse. I, I, I argued that oh, and got the last laugh because I named the episode after that. So I repressed all of that. I'll be honest. <laughs> I listened to it again. That was riveting discussion. That was great. Let's do that again. Can I also say, by the way, that um, I did a little better Googling after and uh, what's his face? What's Batman's name again? What the hell's his name? Which uh, Batman? Bruce Wayne? The, the one we talked about last week. What's his name? We talked about all of them last oh, week. Which one? Pattinson? No, the other one. The, the, ben Affleck? Oh my, no. Michael Keaton? Michael Val Keaton, Kilmer. thank you. Ma Michael Keaton's IMDb resume has a lot up per year, but it's questionable per year. So oh, it's, blow it it's like, butt. it's not big, big Hollywood blockbuster films. It's like a guy, it, you know how you always see these TV actors and they're like, yeah, after this, I continued acting because I did a play. It's that sort of stuff. It's the equivalent, but in in film. He has 350 IMDb credits. How many do you have, Steven? <laughs> One. Steven does Dallas, right? <laughs> no. Actually, podcasts are in IMDb now. Did you not know this, Chris? Is our podcast in IMDb? I don't know. Then zero. <laughs> By the way, I think it's time for the news. Please. <laughs> All right, let's kick it all off here with some odd, really odd and like what feels like really, really late Microsoft news. This is uh, about a new tool that they are releasing. Uh, Microsoft has revealed or revealed or released a new app on the Microsoft store that's designed to help with the recovery of deleted files. The app, which is named Windows File Recovery, is a command line utility that can attempt to recover deleted files from uh, both internal and external drives, uh, as well as USB drives and other media. The file types include JPEG, PDF, PM, PNG, uh, MPEG, Office files, MP3, MP4, zip files, and across a variety of different file systems. Now, like I said, this is a tool that is a command line tool. And jury's out on what the success is going to be like uh, because of the fact that this is a new tool. However, it is now available within the App Store. And the reason I wanted to bring this up was a couple, a couple of reasons. Number one, the fact that Microsoft's finally coming out and acknowledging, hey, when you hit delete, sometimes there's an easy way to get that back. Anybody that's done file recovery or knows anything of it will know that this is a common thing. There are many different apps out there that are really easy uh, to, to recover files that people have simply just deleted within Windows. It's relatively easy with the delete process that they do. I myself have actually used them before to recover some files. This is not a new thing by any means. This is many, many, many years old that there's been lots of success with this. It's really important that people recognize this. And so 
I'm kind of happy that they started to do this because this acknowledges the fact that this this is out there. And maybe that will get some people, a, little, a few more people aware of the fact that, yes, you hit delete. Doesn't mean you can go give your hard drive to somebody else and it's safe. Might easily be recoverable. But the second thing I wanted to bring it out back was about what I said. The command line. What the heck, Microsoft? Like, I get that it's a command line. There's probably a reason behind that. But can we not have a nice GUI? There are other recovery tools that have a nice GUI. Why are you doing a command line? Not only are you late to the game for the tool itself, you're using an antiquated interface that many people are going to be completely confused about because of the fact that they are, there are lots of people who use computers that have never used a command line before. They're not everybody's techie like you and me and and everybody listening to this show. A lot of people have not used the command line. So I just find it weird that they would release it this way uh, and now, but it's available. Well, the command line's not, I mean, I'm sort of with you that if you make it something that's command line interface, your average consumer is probably going to be turned off by it and not consider using it. But it's not really that daunting a proposition. Maybe I'm jaded because I'm in the command line on my Linux box every day for work. But what to do? It's the command line. It's not hard. You go in there, run a couple commands, bada bing, bada boom, you're done. Yeah, I get that. But why would you not make a GUI? Well, let's be honest. How many people are actually downloading this app that haven't already found other tools to do it or something like that? Microsoft's late to the party. This is them checking a box. I don't think you've really got a bunch of people going, oh my God, Microsoft finally put a file recovery tool out there. My life is complete. It's, oh, Microsoft has one now. So there's an easier way for me to do this because it might be included as part of the Windows baseline in the future or something like that versus having to go and download a custom tool to go and fix someone's computer because he's like, I deleted something important. How do I get it back? Versus, you know, just restore from the recycle bin, which is probably what 99% of people have to do. Which I think you've actually made my case because the people who are going to casually download this are going to be people who are doing it out of a casual manner. They're not going to be the people who actually have the tools already that have been doing this for a while. There'll be people who are just like, okay, I need to, I, I just need to, to try this out because it's a new thing or, or you know, I, oh, I deleted. I wonder if there's something here. Let me search the store. They're not going to be the overly educated people on the process that have these prior tools. So wouldn't you want that target audience to actually have like a GUI? I don't think they care. Microsoft's checking a box, which is now we have a built-in tool to do this. And you can arguably say when it comes to trying to figure out what tool to get to restore a deleted file, do you trust Microsoft or do you trust this random thing I found when I Googled? Um, You're probably going to trust Microsoft more than random tool X that you may never have heard of before that God knows what else is being installed on there. But, All they're doing is checking a box. But if I was to tr not no command line and I tried to start to do the Microsoft thing and I got confused Steven, and I'm going to go and Google the other one. Steven, you'll also Google how to use the tool. Let's be honest. Google will answer any of these questions. If you forget a command line command, all you do is Google, how do I do this in DOS? Boom, there's your command. Or how do I do it in Linux? Google knows everything if you get stuck. And then, I don't know, I haven't looked at this tool yet. Microsoft probably has some fairly decent directions that go along with, here's what you need to do. Here's the commands you need to know. Stuff like that. I mean, I understand the complaint. Oh, it's command line. But we're dogging them for putting out a free tool that replaces what is often paid hardware that people are buying to restore deleted files. Why? They gave us something free that presumably will do the job. 
So let's ask SP what his thoughts were, because all I took away from Chris is that Microsoft doesn't care about anybody. That's what I took from his statement. It's just like the multiverse again. (laughs) I'm hoping that Microsoft is able to undelete files from a hard drive that's failed, because then I would actually use the tool. (laughs) So what you're saying is that you want a, uh, a backup service. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that would be great if Microsoft actually did that inherently with everybody's computer. You know what they should do? They should create like a system and like it could supplement a bunch of drives. So you'd have like one drive. That's what that's what they they should do. They should create something that's just like one drive. Like wonton soup, like one drive. Uh Uh-huh. One one drive. Yes. Or or one drive like my my brother. So like. Sorry. So, Steve, I didn't think that was good. I hadn't even thought of that. I kind of understand less your complaint now that I've pulled up some stuff about this recovery tool. And literally, when you run it, it brings up the Windows file recovery thing command line, gives you examples of how to run the tool, what all the different commands are. So, literally, all you're doing is looking at the example that's in there and changing a directory letter or something like that to run the tool. It's still a command line, and command lines are very intimidating for some people. And, and you, like, we are techie, but there are people who are, are off put by command lines. I, I will understand that because if you go in and you change BIOS or something like that, it's kind of very similar to the command line. And that is something that you do not want to do or go in and edit uh, a sys file or something like that. You don't want to do that if you don't know what you're doing. And those people don't know that a command line won't completely screw up your computer unless you do, you know, one of the mass delete commands or something like that, which you could do, but I think command lines are overrated. I grew up with computers that weren't computers and then they started to be computers. So I'm very familiar with that sort of thing. Do I go into a command line? The last time I've gone into a command line, like the last five, 10, 15 times is to do a ping test, a continuous ping test to test my internet connection, to test my modem, to test my Wi-Fi adapter to test my computer. That's what I use a command line for or command prompt for. And uh, Steven, I do have a question for you on this. Does this work in the Mac OS terminal as well? Yes. I mean, yes, it does. Um, if you're running parallels and have a Windows instance in there, you could probably do it, but I don't think it's going to work in Mac OS because it's a Windows tool. No, you find it. So you get it through the Microsoft Store, and it's made by Microsoft. Therefore, it will work on Apple. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next news point, which is about some iOS or some i changes. Uh, What do we got going on in in the world of i? I can't wait to see how Steven is going to just uh, come 100% different opinion than me and steamroll with me, steamroll me on this one. It's going to be delightful, everyone. (laughs) Delightful. Can I just say right now that I disagree with your point? (laughs) (laughs) I I rest my case, everyone. At least you know it's coming, Chris. Oh, I knew it was coming as soon as he mentioned the multiverse at the top of the show. (laughs) 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 So we've got some interesting uh, theories coming from some tech, some well-connected analysts about this year's upcoming iPhones not having necessarily as much in the box as you're used to. 
And I'm going to butcher the guy's name here. I apologize. But according to a well-connected analyst by the name of Ming-Chi Kuo, I believe it is, Apple is planning to stop including a power adapter in earbuds, earpods, excuse me, in the box with 2020 models and even remove the power adapter from the new iPhone SE's packaging later this year. His research note was reported on Apple Insider, Mac Rumors, 9to5Mac, The Verge, pretty much any tech blog out there had picked it up. So why is Apple doing this? Supposedly, it's an attempt to offset the cost increases that come with upgrading the iPhone range to 5G. Also, smaller packaging would be more eco-friendly and also reduce shipping costs since more phones could fit into a single shipment. Of course, there's also the conspiracy theory that if they don't bundle with headphones, you might be more inclined to buy some AirPods from them later. Right now, Apple includes EarPods with all iPhones, a 5-watt USB-A adapter with the iPhone 11 and SE, and an 18-watt USB-C adapter with the 11 Pro and 11 Pro Max. Last year's inclusion of that 18-watt charger came after years of complaints from customers regarding the slow 5-watt adapter, so I guess maybe that's part of why they're phasing it out is people complain too much. I, I, I don't know. And... I'm going to say something here, Stephen. I'm sure you'll disagree. I sort of get the whole get rid of the headphones thing at this point in time because most people already have headphones or they use their Bluetooth ones they got already or they have a comfortable pair. And those headphones that come in the box are literally just a backup pair that get tossed in your work bag or in a drawer. But to not include a power brick with a phone you are buying, I don't understand. You, I buy this phone. I have no way to charge it unless I buy a separate power adapter. I have one already. Presumably, it will still include the cable, so I could plug it into a USB port in my car or plug it into a USB port on my computer. But how much are they actually saving to not include that power brick in there to charge my phone? That I don't get it. It's, not cons- it's the opposite of consumer-friendly. If I'm buying a phone, you have to give me the means of how to charge it. Come on. I, I don't get it. What are you doing, Apple? Most people that buy iPhones now have a previous iPhone. So in this case, I have an iPhone 8 Plus. It has wireless charging. I've been using wireless charging on it forever. And if I use corded charging, it's usually, like you said, into the car or some sort of uh, area that I'm in or maybe a, a power brick that I have. So I'm not so incensed that they're not including a power adapter. Also, if they do knock $50 off a high-end phone price... <laughs> They're not going to knock $50 no. off to you. They're going to knock it off on their bottom line. <laughs> right. So, so that's my point, is that they are knocking... The projection is that it's going to be $50 cheaper this year. The same models are going to be $50 cheaper. Where are they going to take that from? A power adapter. And they're going to catch you on the back end. If you want that 18-watt power adapter then you're going to have to pay 50 bucks for that Apple power adapter or that they don't have a wireless charger, but you know, they probably sell them through their store. I have one thing to say to you, Chris. What? That's that's (laughs) what I have to say to you. Gee, thanks for replaying stuff in the pre-show that no one has any context of. <laughs> um, no, okay. S- kidding aside, I would really love to disagree with you. I-, I I would because I like to fight with you, Chris Farrell. Um, however, I I to- I'm totally with you on this. I think that when we think about the problem, what is the biggest, the most universal problem with iPhones across all generations? 
it's that the cord it, breaks. The cord breaks. That, that oh, goes yeah, it's, way it's back. The cord always breaks and you're always replacing it. And what is one of the other big issues that we faced with Apple over the years? Was that that five-watt charger sucks. The, the charger, there's charger issues that also die, but... Because of that, there was this whole thing a while back about you got to use Apple chargers. You need to do these are the reasons why. And they were big proponents of it because of the fact that there were problems with some of these aftermarket chargers and things like that. Because these are continuous issues, your charger is something that dies. I think it's a load of crock to not include it because you're getting a brand new device. And now you're telling your customers you should either buy on your own and and spend more money on it or use your old hardware that might be third party, that might be damaged, that has wear on it, that might not have consistent voltage on your brand new thousand dollar device. That's not good because now if there is an issue with that, the customers are, of course, going to have to warranty it, which we'll see how that plays out. But at the least, they're they're covering warranty on this. But I just think it's bad from the perspective of your your device requires power. Why are you not setting up your consumer with a brand new power source? Uh, and and I I just think like this is this is a really silly thing to not include a power source for a phone. They want to go to no port, right? So this is the first step to that. They've already done the headphones thing. So gotten rid of the headphone jack. I don't think including a power adapter is a step towards the port. It's a step towards them cheaping out. Uh-huh. I agree. Um, especially yeah. because they, yeah. don't have, they don't have a wireless charger yet. Uh, and I... I th- it's not like there's a history of these, these chargers lasting forever. I just... I think it, it's, it's terrible. Um... And I don't care who's not including it. If it was Google, I'd be giving them the same amount of flack too. This is not the air the AirPod issue, or yeah, the the uh, headphone issue where I thought it was a silly idea, but I said the consumers would evolve. Like consumers probably will evolve, but I think there's a lot more merit here than there was for the lack of the headphones because Bluetooth was was pretty good. This here, your phone requires power, and it's not like these phones are coming out right away. And there is an Apple wireless charger. People are still going to plug it in. So I, I agree with Chris. Sorry that I couldn't agree, disagree I mean, with you, Chris. It, it, costs, it costs them pennies. It costs them pennies to produce that. And I don't wager it takes up that much more space in the box. So I guess if you factor in the pennies it costs and the fact that each box of iPhones you send out might have space for half of a phone, less might take up the space of half of a phone because of that. So you can start figuring out for every two boxes of iPhones I send out, I could have sent out one extra. Well, and the other thing that that's um, kind of frustrating for me from the power or the, the price perspective is like if Apple had kept it a certain price for generation, 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 and then we saw a $50 drop, that would be a little bit different because now they are for sure offsetting it. However, we did see a big price increase and now there's, there's a, apparently a shift to get the price back down and that's not and and them pulling out a charger if that's how they're lowering their price is not them lowering the overall price of the handset that's just them taking out a charger and cheaping out and that's not what we want that's what we we look like the manufacturers were going towards creating products that could be sold at a lower price 
and you got to compare apples to apples. So if they're lower, but you add, you add the the charger back in and now they're higher, well, then they haven't decreased the price. And I think it's important to mention, like Stephen said, if this was any phone company, just because it's Apple isn't why we're being critical here, at least me and presumably Stephen, if it was Google doing, if it was Samsung, uh, OnePlus or something like that, that was like, oh, you buy the new phone, but all you get is a power cable and no pl- and no brick to power- to charge your phone, I would have issue with that. In this case, it's just a happy coincidence it's Apple is doing it so I can get Stephen all riled up. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I think is interesting to think of from here is there's been the USB-C rumors and all that for a long time. The phone is still lightning, right? That's the, the I think ru- the pros, aren't they USB-C now? I don't know. The iPads, right? The iPads are, yes. Yeah. I have an iPad 11 Pro upstairs that is USB-C. Are the phones? That I don't know. Yeah. Like I just think like if they're using a non-standard a non and it's still their standard, I think that's even more negative. Suncast says none of them are USB-C. And remember, they don't have to pay a licensing fee to themselves to use a lightning cable too. So maybe that's the play is they'll make you buy a charger from someone else. They get that licensing fee for the lightning cable that comes with it. You know, I guess <laughs> when I go back to it, right? When, like I just had another revelation here is you buy a power, a computer power supply, you still get the power cable. How many people have that damn cable in a thousand different places in, in their house, right? Like you still get the power cable. You buy a media box, you get the power cable, like, you know, like a cable box or something like that. You get the power cable, even though it's often a universal one, right? Like you still get the power cable with things elsewhere. I guess trying to look at the other, trying to be well-rounded and think of the other side of the coin. What do you buy that doesn't have the power cable? That's Lots a legitimate question. Lots of stuff now. There, there's stuff that comes in that doesn't have the... I'm trying to remember the last thing I bought that didn't have the cable. But yeah, there's stuff that comes in that doesn't have the cable now. I mean, you buy things that don't necessarily have HDMI cables, but that's not the same as... No, a, well, a power, power cable. cable. Well, yeah. that's why I'm asking for the example, because I legitimately can't think of one right now. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I I do remember receiving several things this past year that did not have a power cable in it. Hmm. All right. Well, we've got the rest of the show. If you got something, bring it up, because I don't know when I look around and I think about it, like my monitors, power cable, the sound mixers, I get power cable. Um, Like I said, the the, the boxes, the cable boxes, I I guess. I don't know. I. Hmm. I'm I, I'm stumped to think of one that doesn't. But if you have one, let us know. We're live on Mondays at uh, geeks.live. Uh, you can come chat with us there. We'd love it if the chat has anything they can think of as well. And uh, you can email us as well or come to our Discord at gunnageek.com slash Discord. Let's talk a little bit about space, eh? Apparently, eh? And Stephen led into that because Canada is now scheduled to go to the moon. Well, sort of. Lunar orbit. That's close enough, right? So their company called MDA is scheduled to build a robotic arm for the Lunar Gateway Space Station, which, to be honest, I have not put a lot of faith into it until very recently because I didn't know if it was going to go anywhere. Since contracts are being let now, it has a better chance of actually happening. So let's talk about this. This is from an article at a spacenews.com from Jeff Faust on June 27th. 
And he said that the Canadian Space Agency announced on Friday, June 26th, it plans to award a contract to McDonald Detwiller and Associates, also known as MDA, to build a robotic arm that will be Canada's contribution to the Lunar Gateway. The deal covers development of what the agency calls Canada Arm 3, which is an overarching robotic system for the Gateway, rather than a single robotic arm. It features one arm, 8.5 meters long, as well as a smaller but more dexterous second arm. The system also includes a set of specialized tools and incorporates artificial intelligence technologies to enable operations without human controllers. How... 9,000 anybody? Okay. <laughs> These... We don't learn up here, okay? <laughs> Apparently not. The selection of MDA is not surprising. The company built the original Canada Arm for the space shuttle and the Canada Arm 2 with the Dextra manipulator, which is currently operating on the International Space Station. MDA was previously part of US-based Maxar and was sold to Canadian investors in a deal that closed in April and did include the ARM technology. The Canadian government announced its intent to cooperate on the Lunar Gateway in February 2019 by building the Canada ARM-3, making it the first country to com commit to participating in the NASA-led Gateway program. Again, I didn't talk about this on the program because I didn't believe it was going to happen. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said that the country would spend 2.05 billion Canadian dollars, which is a buck 25 American or something, over 24 years on lunar initiatives. That includes both Canada Arm 3 and the Lunar Exploration Accelerator Program, a government effort to spend 150 million Canadian dollars over five years to support science and technology initiatives related to lunar exploration. At the time of Trudeau's announcement, the Gateway was scheduled to be completed in time to support a human lunar landing by 2028. However, a month later, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence said at a meeting of the National Space Council that he was directing NASA to speed up the landing to 2024, putting plans for the Gateway development into limbo. One might speculate why 2024 was the date for the lunar landing, but I will leave that to you. <laughs> NASA officials have reiterated that the Gateway, including Canada Arm 3, remains a part of its long-term lunar exploration plans. While NASA has recently proposed to launch the first two modules of the Gateway, which we talked about before on this podcast, the Power and Propulsion Element, or PPE, and the Habitation and Logistics Output, HALO, as a single element in 2023. The agency may not use it for its planned 2024 landing, though, having Orion instead docked directly with the lunar lander in lunar orbit, very similar to the Apollo program. Besides Canada, both Europe and Japan have announced their intent to participate in the Gateway by providing additional modules. Russia has even considered developing an airlock module for the Gateway, but has yet to make a formal commitment to participate. So I want to say congratulations. Canada is the first non-United States country that is going to contribute to this resurgence back to the loon. I'll just go ahead and uh, say you're welcome. It was me. It was all my doing. I cited your name several times and uh, convinced Justin, uh, to do that. I'm on the first name basis, then, by the way. Of course uh, he is. Yeah, so I convinced him to do it. So uh, him and I, we got together and we talked about our hair and uh, 
how uh, I basically told him he was sexy. That's what it came down to. Do you guys talk about your socks too? Yeah, yeah, we do. We, we talk Star Wars socks. Yeah, we talk all about that, eh? Mm-hmm. Well, and the important thing here is Steven got that 3D printer now, so he got the exclusive contract to 3D print a widget that goes in this arm. Mm-hmm. It's all done by one Gunna Geek Industries. <laughs> so now he can afford to pay us, SP. All kidding aside, I think this is cool. Uh, you know, obviously Canada doesn't have as much into the this, this space programs as, as Marka does, but I have talked about the Canadarm before. Uh, I've a couple times commented about how... Like, by the way, you, you think I might be, we might be brushing over, like we might be saying that wrong. It's actually Canadarm. It's C-A-N-A-D-A-R-M. It's not Canada arm. It's Canadarm. So uh, <laughs> I've talked about it before, about how it was an important thing for the space shuttle. Truthfully, until today, and you put this news article in there, I didn't know there was a Canadarm too. Uh, we learned, you know, back in the day, teach all about the, the one because the space shuttle was such an important thing in that era. And and so as a Canadian, you know, the schools like to preach that they're like, hey, look, it's our big contribution. It's an important thing. You know, you you, you always go through like the the Canada in space module sort of thing in schools. And they're like, look at this. It's cool. I didn't know there was a two. I, I honestly didn't know that. I think we talked about it on the podcast before. And if we didn't, my apologies This technology is actually really important because you're going to do more robotic things in space over time. And that includes space mining. And we've talked about that before, about the special minerals and special deposits that might be found on orbiting bodies that are either in the asteroid belt, the Kepler belt, the Oort cloud, something like that. And there's just a lot of stuff out there. And I just don't see humans being sent to all these places. So technologies like an artificial intelligence enabled Canadarm would actually be very good. And it's not just the United States and Canada that's doing this. This is worldwide. So I would expect the technologies to be developed in other countries as well. And and then you're going to have an Darm's race of who gets the best technology. <laughs> well, I see now, what you did there. I see what you did there. But as, as you're saying it, now I'm sitting here and thinking like, what other ways could it be said? Canadarm. Canadarm. I've always can, heard can, it said, even in can, can, NASA circles as Canada arm, but can, they might've been misproduced. Canada arm. I guess they could. Yeah. I, I, I don't, it's probably said as Canada arm, but uh, there is only one A in there. So, yeah, whoever named it shouldn't have named it that way. They should have thrown an extra A in there. Canadarm. Canadarm. Nobody would have been able to spell it with two A's in there. Canada arm. Okay, we'll call it Canada. Or Oh, yeah, we could be like a quick arm. Canadarm. Canadarm. Canada. Okay, I'll stop. All right, moving on to our extra extra here. This is an important piece of news. This is one that I know Chris Farrell is going to look back on and go, my childhood. It was announced today that the parent company of Chuck E. Cheese has Mm -hmm. filed for bankruptcy. It's a sad day, Chris Farrell. What do you think of this? I am sad, actually. What do you think of this? I I was kind of surprised Chuck E. Cheese was still open, to be honest, because where I live, there's no Chuck E. Cheese around or anything like that. But I mean, it kind of figures. I imagine they've been a 
on the edge of things for a while. And in the middle of a pandemic, a lot of people probably aren't wanting to go to Chuck E. Cheese and eat bad pizza, watch animatronic bands and play video games and go in the ball pit. You don't want to go in the ball pit? Not unless they can clean it. What's wrong with the ball pit? <laughs> the ball pit is fine if it's clean. But do you really think that's clean? The ball pit was never, yeah. ever, <laughs> ever yeah. clean. Uh, they're they're going to finally clear out these places and they're going to find things from like when it opened at the bottom of that ball pit. That's what they'll find uh, amongst kids. <laughs> I think the funniest thing I saw was on Twitter. Uh, there's a guy I follow by the name of Mint Zula who... It's big in the Diamond Club side of things. He goes, here's my great business plan. Someone fund me. We buy up all of these old Chuck E. Cheeses in the states where marijuana is legal. You pay $4.20 an hour to come in and play video games, eat crappy pizza, and watch the animatronic band and smoke all your weed that you bring in with you. <laughs> we'll be rolling in the cash. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. So we, I never had a Chuck E. Cheese around here. I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. But as a kid, like I would get the commercials and I'd be like, oh, I want to go. It looks so cool. And then as I got a little older, I'm like, why do I want to go to this? This doesn't look cool. This looks terrifying. <laughs> So, uh, anyways, I'm sad for you, Chris Farrell. I am sad for you. And I had really bad pizza, so I'm not going to miss them. I mean, granted, it's also been probably close to 30 years since I've been to a Chuck E. Cheese because, let's see, I'm a grown adult with no children. What reason do I have to go to Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> I can't believe I'm the one of this group that's been to a chunky, Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese, the latest, because we did have kids that had birthday parties when they were younger at the local Chuck E. Cheese, which thankfully is one of the Places that's going to close down. So that place is scary. Pour one out for Charles Entertainment Cheese. We'll miss you. <laughs> is, that, is that the name? Charles Enter? Is that is that what the E stands for? Yeah, Chuck is a shortened version of Chuck of uh, Charles. Charles Entertainment Cheese. Okay. I do believe that is his name. Uh, so I guess with your business idea, what's the name going to be? Cannabis. Oh, that's not mine. It, it's Mintzula's idea. Let's give okay. credit where credit is due. So it'll be cannabis e cheese. Is that what it'll be? I don't know. I mean, who? I mean, the the, the people that are going to pay the four twenty an hour don't really care what the name is. They get to play a bunch of video games, eat bad pizza, and smoke their weed. This would be entertaining, I'm sure. Charles Entertainment Cheese is the actual full name of the rat mascot of the Chuck E. Cheese chain. I would like to see his birth certificate. Thank you very much. I don't want anything to do with the birth of that nightmare. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to Geek Wars. Can I just say that uh, Charles Entertainment Cheese is a lot less fun of a name? Why do you think they called it Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> All right, so <laughs> last week on the show, Chris Farrell and I had another heated discussion. Uh, we had a heated discussion about Batman. Uh, we briefly mentioned oh, that at the top of the show. At the top of the show, we talked about, about Batman, and I believe Chris Farrell's words were something to the effect of that nobody talks about the Schumacher Batman films anymore. So I thought it was my responsibility <sighs> as a entertainer here to start the conversation again. We talked about a Joel Schumacher did pass this last this last week, and Chris Farrell feels that his Batman films did not get enough recognition, so I thought I would solve that problem. I think I said Batman Forever is actually a better movie than people remember. It's just Batman and Robin that's trash. 
So today we're going to talk about the two. We're going to talk about Batman Forever, and we're going to talk about Batman and Robin. Question. Yes. Do we get bonus points for uh, freeze puns like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes, we do. Cool. (laughs) Just did one right there. One bonus pipe point for Chris. And so if you're not familiar with this, what will happen is I will ask a question. And these two will compete to see who is the bigger Batman fan. Uh, they, they will answer by saying their name or a name that they have made up. And they will get the chance to answer. If they don't answer correctly, the other person has an opportunity to steal the point and answer as well. And uh, after the first couple, we'll go ahead and kind of alternate back and forth between the two films. Just got to keep things wonderfully uh, balanced. I think it's important that we... We balance the love of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Are you two ready? For the record, I have stated on this podcast before and other podcasts that I am not a Batman fan. So, Chris, congratulations. (laughs) You might know these. I I actually stuck. Some of them are some of them are obvious. Some of them are. are You might. You might. Okay. (laughs) All right, let's roll. All right, let's go ahead and uh, start it off here with question number one. The Batman Forever poster featured five people on it. Who was on it aside from Val Kilmer, Chris O'Donnell, Tommy Lee Jones, and Jim Carrey? What? Chris. All right, Chris. Nicole Kidman. It was Nicole Kidman. You are correct. That means Chris is at one. Which brings us to question number two. What was the name of Nicole Kidman's character in Batman Forever? Chris. <laughs> Chris? Dr. Chase Meridian. Wow, I didn't think you were going to get that. Okay. that, that I just be... watched this movie like a week ago. <laughs> Did you? Oh, God. I didn't realize this. Oh, man. I'm sorry, SP. <laughs> like I said, congratulations, Chris. All right. So then, moving on to question three. In the poster for Batman and Robin, who was featured at the very top? SP. SP. Do you want the character or the actor? Either or. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're absolutely correct. It was Arnie. Arnie got the top spot on the poster. Which was not surprising, but odd. I just remember that because his his, kind of got a chrome dome right on top Mm -hmm. of everything. Mm -hmm. So. And, well, he was um, the biggest name at that time, too. George Clooney was not George Clooney yet at that yeah. point. And uh, it was like, it was like almost, it was almost like a, it, it was almost, and George Clooney was pretty popular, I think, but uh, it was like a, it was like a quad almost, but then they, uh, they had five people on it. So there's two shoved into one. It was a really poorly designed poster. When George was, Clooney was still mostly a TV guy at that point. In time, yeah. I when think, was though. Ocean's Eleven? That was what, 2000? 2001? Yeah. Okay. So. He, yeah. yeah, he was big at Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, this was when he was doing ER still, I believe. That's true. Or around that same time frame. All right, so next question. What was, so what, sorry, what was the name of the acrobatic act that Dick Grayson was a part of in Ooh, Batman Chris. Forever? All right, Chris? The Flying Graysons. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, SB. This is going to be a quick one. It was on the tip of my tongue, but I knew Chris was going to get that because, well, you know, he is the Batman fan of the two of us. All right. So then let's flip back to Batman and Robin. Ugh. What was Batgirl's actual name in Batman and Robin? And bonus points if you can list what her relationship was to the other characters. 
Her actual name? What was what was the what was her her non bat name? Like Chris. Okay. Barbara. I need the full name. Uh, Gordon. No, that's incorrect. Mm, I know the relationship, but. Mm, care, care to guess? Uh, no. no. I'm out. Okay, then what's the relationship, Chris? Chris, she is Alfred's niece. Yes, I will give you a point for that. It was what Bar- was her last name? Barbara Wilson. Barbara Wilson oh. was what her name was. For I some, wouldn't have gotten for that. For some no, weird I reason. Either. I have no How ridiculous idea. is it they didn't make her Barbara Gordon that made her Alfred's niece? Yeah, Come I on. know. I have know. some respect for the source material. <laughs> was there some be- sort of IP thing that Warner Brothers wasn't giving them or something? No. Yeah. It's just they didn't really introduce commission. Well, they introduced commissioner Gordon, like Batman, the original one that, that Burton did. And I don't think he ever showed up again. So having her be Barbara Gordon, I think wouldn't have resonated with anyone. So it was, let's make her Alfred's niece. Cause this is brilliant. It, it wasn't. It's a bad <laughs> movie guys. Batman and Robin is a bad movie. All right. So it uh, had Robin in it though. I mean, if you didn't know anything about Batman, it had the characters. Chris O'Donnell was pretty awesome. Chris O'Donnell's not a bad Robin. No, he was great. I, I yeah. think that he was. It is so sad to see him on TV now because he's so old. I always think of him as Robin. I, I will say that he is a far better Robin than Burt Ward. I'll say it. He could come back as Nightwing now, though, right? Oh, that'd be so good. And he's still he's Maybe. still he's still actiony because he's in NCIS L.A. Mm-hmm. That, oh, that would be so good. <laughs> Except they're not going to bring back anything from the Schumacher films, let's be honest. No. no. <laughs> All right. So then uh, let's go to the next one. In Batman Forever, what? Or sorry. Yeah. In Batman Forever, what did Bruce and Dick bond over? Chris. All right, Chris. Motorcycles. That yeah, was motorcycles. Hmm. <laughs> That's five for Chris, one for SB. I'm lucky to get the one. All right. And uh, next one. In Batman and Robin, who Ugh. played the character of Poison Ivy? Chris. <sighs> All right. Uma Thurman. It was. It was. I, I, I tried, SB. I even drew it out, hoping you would like read my thoughts and see where I was going there. Right when he said Chris, I'm like, Duma, but oh, oh well. All right. You gotta so. remember, this movie came out in like, what, 96, 98? So you're talking about a Chris Farrell that was 13 or 14 years old at that time? Uh, he was very aware of Uma Thurman in that movie. <laughs> I was more aware of Alicia Silverstone. I'll say that. I'll admit it. Fair. Uh, what was the name of Ed Nigma's technology company in Batman Forever? Chris. Chris? Nigma Tech. It was Nigma Tech. <laughs> and next question here. Uh, um, oh, wait, wait, I got two more. Uh, I'm going to rearrange, rearrange these here. <laughs> Finish this riddle. Tear one off and... That was the riddle from Batman Forever. Oh, I don't remember Finish that this off. Finish this riddle. Tear one off and... Going Shiver once. me timbers. I don't know. <laughs> 
scratch my head. Scratch my head was what it was. I even oh. I literally scratched my head right now, SB. I tried to give you one here. No, I saw that and I was going to say scratch my head, but <laughs> you know, it doesn't make, I don't know it. I haven't, I think the last time I saw Batman Forever might have been when it came out on VHS and I rented it from Blockbuster. All yeah. right. So then last question before our bonus question, which will be worth 10 points for some weird reason. Uh, Congrats, Chris. <laughs> what, what was the name of Mr. Freeze's hideout in Batman and Robin? <sighs> oh. Uh, Chris? Chris? Arctic Lounge? No. Uh, I think it was Freeze something, but I don't remember. Snowy Cones Ice Cream Factory. That was what the sign no. said. Snow, oh, I, snow, yeah. Snowy Cones Ice Cream Factory. And the last one that is worth 10, which you can get. You can get, but you got to be fast on the draw here, SB, because Chris is going to know this one without question because he just watched the movie. Well, um, good. Then he should win. The last one worth 10. How do both movies end? Describe the scene. Chris. All right. The actors are running with the bat signal behind them towards the camera. So silhouetted. Chris wins with a whopping 18 points. <laughs> Way to go, Chris Farrell. Ding, 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 ding. Steven's attempt to school me failed when he realized I had just rewatched Batman Forever. <laughs> you would have been you would have won anyway. I just I don't I'm not the big Batman guy. I've said Steven, will you remember this now? I do not like Batman. I look forward to the next episode of Geek Wars where SP will ask Batman questions. Yeah, okay. Can, yeah, can we do the cool. Nolan verse Batman movies next time? <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. But no, I appreciate Ugh. you going with me on, on that ride as we talked about two of the best Batman films to see the light of day. You, you didn't say The Dark Knight when you said that, which is one of the best Batman movies to have been made. Although uh, one could argue it's really a Joker movie. Just go ahead what? and say that um, Jim Carrey. Far Jim Carrey's not a bad Riddler. Far, He's far just... better character than uh, Heath Ledger's character. Oh, you are so full of crap right now. <laughs> You're true. just trolling me. I'm absolutely trolling. <laughs> not just believe that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked in the box office. The Dark Knight had over a billion dollars. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, you, you actually were talking about, uh, you were saying that he was a good Joker. Um, I, I wish he, they just pulled him back just a little because I, I agree. I actually think he was a really good fit for, for a Joker type or not Joker for a Riddler type character. I thought that he, mm -hmm. uh, Jim Carrey did, did do a good in Riddler. that time period. He, yeah. I would say he would even today do a good one. But if a little too over the top if, nowadays, but if, if you had the right director pulling him back a bit, because he if you look at. If you look at things like Andy Kaufman, he can be pulled back. And so that's what I think I think was missing there is someone to pull him back a bit. Well, you got to realize, and this is not a dig at Joel Schumacher, but what he was asking him to do there was to be Jim Carrey over the top. I mean, that, that's what the goal was in 1995 or 96, whenever this movie was. It was, you need to put the Jim Carrey slant on the Riddler. Okay. But those that are like, Riddler's a garbage character. Jim Carrey does a terrible job. 
He straight up kills a dude like in the first scene he's introduced, if I remember correctly. <laughs> he does. He kicks his boss out the window yeah. in an office chair. I mean, he's pretty brutal. I would like to see Adam Sandler start off the movie as Scuba Steve and then something horrible happens to him and he becomes the Riddler. That would be awesome. Kent has an interesting point in the chat. He goes, I think I think he'd pull himself back a little bit. Instead, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones got into a contest over who could be more over the top. Tommy Lee Jones does deserve more um hate, I'll say hatred for for the over the topness than than he gets. Like that, he, he that was wasn't pretty over the top. <laughs> it wasn't two face. It was a two-faced version of the Joker almost is what he was playing. And that's fine. That's what he was told to do at that point in time. But if you've read the car, the comics or watched the cartoons, that's not two-face that like we saw there. Tommy but. Lee Jones does not have, he's a great actor and I love watching him. He's very mm -hmm. entertaining. He does not have an extensive range. The same character that he played in Batman was the same character that he played in Men in Black and the same character he played in Man of the House, which is actually the Tommy Lee Jones movie that has been watched most in my house because, well, the girls. <laughs> uh, I think he was a little bit different in Double Jeopardy. Oh, I forgot about that one. He's the same character in Captain America, the first Avenger. Same, oh, yeah, same character. Yeah, yeah, same yeah. character. Well, I think across. at a certain point, they just cast him to be Tommy Lee Jones is, is pretty much <laughs> what they're saying. Like, be you just with this character's some attributes. I mean, and it works because he's got the charisma of himself and being the not curmudgeonly, but the the sharp wit, but kind of monotone at the same time. I don't know. I can't describe it well. Tommy Lee Jones is a good actor. He's just he's known for that one corner of acting for, I, I'm explaining this terribly. Well, it's his ability to, to verbal bar with the lines that he's given and he's just really good at it. And I've enjoyed his whole career. It's been great, but he's not an actor that will ever be remembered for a variety of talent. Um, how about, I'm, I'm looking you, at you it. could probably pick out one or two <laughs> of his filmography of yeah. 84 credits, but he's not going to be remembered for that. He's going to be remembered for his uh, what was the one that he was in with uh, Harrison Ford? The Fugitive. The Fugitive. Yeah. It, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. How about that Space line? Cowboys? Yeah. Same oh, character. God, space <laughs> Cowboys. Small soldiers. Mate, same character. How about Volcano? Oh, really? He's in that too. It's the same character. <laughs> it really is. He really it, it's like he's the modern day John uh uh John Wayne, really. On that, uh sorry, I was looking at his his filmography and I, yeah, I just I, trying I can't, to pull one out. Huh? One. I can't find one. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and take a moment to plug and promote and do whatever we'd like to do. Uh let's start off with Chris Farrell, who I believe is going to disagree with me. I agree with you, Stephen, 100% that I'm going to talk about something here, which is Stephen's new podcast he's starting, the I Heart Batman and Robin movie podcast, where each week he's going to dissect another five minutes of the movie and give his in-depth analysis of everything that's occurring on screen and give you a breakdown of all the different filming techniques used, all the different neon lighting in the background, and why he loves it so much. So stay tuned for Stephen's upcoming Batman and Robin fan podcast. 
you know, Chris Farrell's already committed to be on this, and uh, it, it's really only one episode. Really interesting to me because he told me he was going to take the stance that George Clooney is the best Batman. That's really odd that he said that he's going to take that stance. If I truly said that, someone strike me dead right now. <laughs> right, like as we need a new host. Uh, SP, <laughs> is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? First of all, this is more of a better podcasting comment but chris brought up iheart and i know he wasn't talking about iheart radio but i was on a small car trip yesterday and the daughter put on iheart radio and i got to listen how iheart radio is the number one place for podcasts over (laughs) and over and over again i just want to say for the record here on the guinea geek show and i will say it again over on better podcasting that's annoying and it's wrong it is dead wrong while this podcast and many others that I do are on iHeartRadio. It is not the number one place for podcasts. iHeart, you're lying. You're lying through your teeth. Okay, got that out of my system. <laughs> also, I do another podcast called Legends of Shield, which I've been promoting the last few weeks because it's so good. We finally got to a point in the season where there is massive conspiracy theories yeah. about what is going on. So this is the week that all will be revealed, so to speak. Or maybe they'll just keep on dropping those little pellets of information along the way and stringing us along, which is actually what I think they're going to do because we're not even halfway through the season yet. So, yes, if you want to talk about the conspiracies, go ahead, listen to the podcast and then hit us up on our Twitter account or email me or, or whatever. Go to our Discord survey, gonnageek.com slash Discord. We're going to have a great conversation there. It's just a fun time to be a Marvel fan on the small screen. And also, I just have to say, uh, they also have the number one rated recipe for a very specialty ice cream. Check that out. <laughs> it was an ice cream, but... It was, uh, it was milk? Ch- chocolate shake, I believe, was or a milkshake or something. It? Yeah, Tr- it was a trout, milkshake. Trout, what's the name of it? Trout in... A trout in the milk. Trout in the milk. Yeah, that's what it was. That's right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Haley's awesome. Uh, (laughs) Chris, is there anything that you'd actually like to plug or promote? Uh, Just friendly reminder, there's a lot of live shows you can catch on the Gunna Geek Network. Go to geeks.live, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and there's the calendar of all of our upcoming live events. And lastly, before we go, I'll just let you know, we're not going to be around next week. There will not be an episode. Well, I guess technically we'll be around, but we're not doing a show next week. So uh, come back the week after and check out the show then. Or just write at the Chris Farrell and tell him how much you love him and miss him. And maybe he'll just randomly stream. So on that note, for episode number 337 of the official GunnaGeek.com show, I'm Stephen John Drew saying Batman forever. And I'm SP saying I want Robin back on the big screen. And I'm Chris Farrell saying Batman and Robin By the way, I was really, really as a kid mad that they called the first one Batman Forever. It's like, no, that should be your last one. You can't use that and then have another movie. It makes no sense. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. 
You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunnageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunnageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week.